Welcome back to the Foul Balls Podcast, the Halloween edition of 2018. You guys dress up for Halloween? You uh, have any cool outfits, anything basketball related? So I considered for Halloween, uh, I thought this was, I thought this was clever at first, is as Halloween to go is Kawhi Leonard's laugh, but there was two problems with it. Number one, I didn't know what that actually looked like as a Halloween costume. I just thought it was a funny idea, like conceptually. And then number two is I wasn't invited anywhere and didn't have any actual plans for Halloween, which which was another issue to getting uh, getting a costume. It would have just been me dressing up in a costume that I didn't really understand, going trick-or-treating all by myself in my 20s, uh, just for a joke that probably nobody would have understood. So those were, uh, I think, I think those are the big Halloween plans for me tomorrow, which is actually going to amount to me just playing DFS and watching basketball games from home. Uh, for the games on Wednesday, seven games here. Uh, looks like we could have some decent amount of value here just because, once again, Anthony Davis is questionable with the uh, elbow. Oh, one more thing about Halloween before I get into the slate is Tuesday night is mischief night. And I don't know, I was just talking with one of my friends about this and I forgot about it. Did you guys ever go out for like mischief night when when you were younger with like the night before halloween you just go and do stupid shit like tp the neighbor's house or throw eggs at it or whatever the the worst thing i ever did on mischief night i was like a sophomore in high school or something so i guess i would have been like 15 years old is went to my neighbor's house with my friend jordan and our, the uh, somebody had a car that was outside and the sunroof was open and we both took shits in the sunroof. So if you're looking for clever, if you're looking for some really good uh, mischief night ideas, uh, probably wouldn't recommend that. Uh, and am I liable now? Somebody wakes up tomorrow and there's a, there's a shit in the center console of their car. Do I get blamed for that? Is that how this works? Yeah, probably. But anyway, basketball games for tomorrow. We've got seven games on the slate. Uh, first one is Detroit Pistons at the Brooklyn Nets. The Pistons playing on the road tail end of a back-to-back. For that reason, I really favor the the Nets in this spot just overall. From the Pistons side of the game, uh, I don't really think there's a lot of pricing value here. Uh, with it being a shorter slate with seven games, I think we could look to Andre Drummond at 9,000 in a GPP. He's somebody who does tend to have a lot of upside and at least in previous years, the Nets have been prone to giving up big fantasy games to centers. I don't think that'll necessarily be the case this year because I like Jared Allen, except I can't say for sure. There's a chance they still might be poor against the center position. Uh, from the Nets side of the game, I think there is a good amount of value here. One thing is Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who started the year on that kind of minutes restriction coming back from the uh, hip injury. He got up to 27 minutes last game. That was his highest workload so far this season. Last year when he was healthy, he was somebody who was priced as high as 7000 So if Rondé Hollis-Jefferson ends up being put into the starting lineup, I think we could expect somewhere like 28 to 32 minutes from him. He would be a really good value at 5200 uh, Jared Allen I still think is a bit too cheap at 5300 D'Angelo Russell I think is a strong play at 5900 And Karis LeVert still pretty good at $6,000. Uh, the price has come down a little bit from where it was. In previous games, uh, I like the Nets a lot on this slate. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put more than like two of them in a GPP lineup because you get to a point where you're kind of limiting your upside. Uh, but I think individually, all those guys make for pretty good cash game plays and put one or two of them into a GPP lineup. Uh, next game on the slate 
is the Utah Jazz at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, from the Jazz side of the game, Ricky Rubio now priced at 5600 He had a really big game a couple times at, a couple games ago at 57 fantasy points. Other than that, he's kind of just laid eggs for most of the season. Don't really love Rubio too much this year. It seemed that he uh, was a little bit limited playing alongside Donovan Mitchell last year. He did get going towards the end of the year. But overall, I don't think I'm going to see myself rostering Rubio all that much this year. Uh, Gobert, I think, is fine at 7,900 as a cash game play. He is a pretty good individual matchup against Carl Anthony Towns, who has not been a good defensive point guard. The other thing also, Gobert is really safe. If you look at his uh, box score so far this year, he has scored at least 34 fantasy points in every game this year. He's scored over 40 in four of his six games. So I think there's a lot of security to playing Gobert in cash games. From the Minnesota side of the game, I've said before, I really don't like targeting guys against the Jazz all that often. Carl uh, Anthony Towns may be a little bit interesting if you really want to stretch for a, a play at center at 8400 just because it is a little bit of a discount for him. And it looks like last game... Uh, you know, finally did get going a little bit in terms of scoring 64 fantasy points. But I wouldn't look at one game and say, like, oh, this, like, chased the points. We need to roster him now. But I would look at it from this standpoint. He took 18 shot attempts, had a 31.5% usage rating. So this is the first time all year that they've really been able to get the ball to towns. There's been a lot of low usage games for him this year. So that's encouraging going forward. Personally, I don't think that towns is going to be in my player pool, but I don't think that he's the worst player in the world. Uh, we've got. Andrew Wiggins questionable once again with that thigh slash quad injury um, at 5,900. Not in play for me if he's in or out. I'm just looking at Josh Okogie. 4,400. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm just I'm going to stay. I'm going to continue to stay away from the Utah Jazz defense. I still think that it's going to be one of the elite ones in the league this year, even though they have allowed a few big fantasy games to start the year. Uh, the next game is the Denver Nuggets at the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls just continue to get bludgeoned by teams on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, as Jabari Parker said in the offseason, guys do not get played, do not get paid for playing defense. And that seems to really carry over and be the mantra of this team is you don't get paid for playing defense. Well, and, and instead they just go out and they get destroyed by teams like the Warriors, which in fairness could happen to a lot of people. But still, they gave up 95 points in the first half to Golden State. They seem to be pretty disinterested in giving any effort on the defensive end of the floor. This could be a historically bad defensive team. So with that said, uh, Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, I think all these guys are strong plays for GPP, strong game, strong plays for cash. I don't think that there's too much risk of a blot in this one because the Bulls are home. It's a 7.5-point spread. Uh, so I, I think we could fire up the Denver side of the game without too much concern from Chicago. Wendell Carter Jr. at 4,900. I think that he's a sensible play back-to-back 30 fantasy point games from him. Uh, the minutes are not necessarily huge for him. Like we haven't seen him play like 35 plus or anything like that in any games, but still overall for the year scoring 23 fantasy points in 24 minutes. Uh, I think that he's a pretty sensible, safe play for cash games, and there is upside in him for GPPs also. Uh, on Jabari Parker, his minutes the last couple games, 34 and 26 since um, Bobby Portis got hurt. There is an opening for minutes in the front court. 
I think if the game stays close, they're probably going to try to get Parker in the game. There are some times where he's just abysmal on defense and they're not able to leave him in. But Parker, I do think for the price at 6000 there is upside there. If you look at him overall for the season, averaging about 30 fantasy points per game in 27 minutes. So if we're going to get like 30 minutes of Parker, we would expect like 33 to 34 fantasy points. It would be a pretty good result for his salary. Uh, moving on to the Indiana Pacers at the New York Knicks. From the Pacers side of the game, let's see, where is Victor Oladipo now up to 8,600? Uh, I liked him more when he was in like the high 7,000 price range. I just kind of think 86 is a fair price for him. Uh, Tyreek Evans has really struggled this year. Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis have just kind of been splitting minutes. Uh, it's a kind of decent matchup for the Pacers, but I think there's better pricing value on the slate. The other thing also is that this game has a 211 and a half point total which is probably going to be the lowest on the entire slate and for the Knicks side of the game uh, the Knicks rotation has just kind of been all over the place in terms of uh, they've switched up starting lineups they've gone with weird combinations it looks like they're pretty committed to bringing Ennis Canner off the bench and starting Noah Vonley and Mitchell Robinson in the front court but it does seem like regardless of who's starting for the Knicks there's not really anybody we could point to in terms of feeling pretty confident they're going to be playing a lot of minutes because that's something that they're still kind of spreading out. So I don't really love anybody on the Knicks. Uh, Neil Aquina is the best value to me at 4,100 because he is starting a point guard now, so there's more opportunity for him to score fantasy points with the ball in his hands. If you look at the last few games where he's uh, – two games where he's been the starting point guard, uh, 23 and 32 fantasy points which are his two biggest fantasy games of the year, which I don't think is a coincidence. So Neil Aquina, I think, is in play. Not really any other Knicks that I actively want to target in this spot. Uh, next game on the slate, big blowout potential here, the New Orleans Hornets at the Golden State Warriors. From the Pelicans' side of the game, uh, we have Anthony Davis questionable with the sprained elbow that's forced him to miss the last two games. If he's out, I assume that they're probably going to start Jaleel Okafor again just because they did that last game. But even though Okafor started, it was still Julius Randle played most of the minutes. He had the bigger fantasy game. Randle scored 40-plus fantasy points. I think we could expect something like that out of him again if Davis gets rolled out. Uh, Drew Holiday, bigger role for him. Same with Nikola Mirotic. And if Anthony Davis plays, then he's a fine guy to pay up for, and I wouldn't have much interest in the other Pelicans guys. But if he's out, then I think Randall, Holiday, Miritich all become pretty strong plays. From the Warriors' side of the game, Klay Thompson coming off the ridiculously big game against the Bulls. He scored 52 points, broke the NBA record for three-pointers in a game. He hit 14 in just 26 minutes and basically was able to come out of the game in the middle of the third quarter and didn't have to come back in because of the blowout. The issue with the with the Warriors guys is just, once again, the blowout risk. I wouldn't trust any of these guys in a cash game, but if you want to take any of the stars and GPPs, I think that's fine. If Anthony Davis plays, then there's less blowout risk and the Warriors guys become a little bit more favorable targets for me. But if Anthony Davis is out, I'm more going to be focused on the potential value from the Pelican side of the game. The next game on the slate, the San Antonio Spurs at the Phoenix Suns. For the Spurs, uh, the defense has struggled this year. It's been uh, one of the worst defense in the league. They have fallen – uh, well, they were last in the league in defensive efficiency. Now they're around 22nd, I think it is. But still not a good defense. 
Uh, DeMar DeRozan's played a lot of point guard this year, and it's really helped his production. He's been, uh, what is he averaging? Over 50 fantasy points per game, but the price is all the way up to 9,500. To me, that's just too much to pay for DeRozan. And then we have LaMarcus Aldridge at 8,500. He's been pretty good this year, averaging 41 fantasy points, but still, the usage is a bit of a concern for him if we're just going to compare his production this year to his production from last year. Uh, the usage ratings at 26% versus 29% from last year, and the price is still about in the same uh, spot. So for that reason, I don't really love Aldridge at his current price tag. Uh, really no Spurs, even though it's a favorable matchup. I, I think that everybody's a little bit too expensive. Uh, from the Sun side of the game, we have Josh Jackson, Isaiah Cannon, both questionable. And then we have Devin Booker, doubtful to play. So I'm going to assume as of right now that he's not playing. I think DeAndre Ayton is a really good play at 7,100. Kind of regardless of game situation, he's going to be out there. He's scored at least 43 fantasy points in four of his six games this year. Uh, He's really only had one dud this this year, and it was only scored 15 fantasy points in a game against the Nuggets that he got in foul trouble in trying to guard Jokic. So I think Ayton is the guy to play here at 7,100, and then we just kind of have to look out for the guard situation. Because if Isaiah Cannon and or Josh Jackson get ruled out, maybe somebody like Elliot Kobo gets moved into the starting lineup and would have some value. Maybe Mikel Bridges gets moved into the starting lineup. Uh, but that's just kind of a wait and see what the uh, injury news brings. The final game on the slate, the Dallas Mavericks against the struggling Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I think that Dennis Smith Jr., Luka Doncic, DeAndre Jordan, all these guys are pretty fine plays. Uh, The priority for me would be Doncic and Jordan here. I think this is also a really strong game to stack. And then from the Lakers side of the game, uh, you could pay up for LeBron at 11,300. Last game, we had everybody back for them. We had Ingram was back, Rondo was back. And LeBron, still over 60 fantasy points, played 36 minutes. I don't think we have to be too concerned about his production. Uh, Brandon Ingram ended up playing just 25 minutes. So I understand he had a good fantasy game with 39 fantasy points. But if we're only going to be getting, and he wasn't some foul trouble, which attributed only 25 minutes, but I don't think we're going to consistently see big minutes from anybody on this Lakers team outside of LeBron. Uh, Luke Walton said it himself. He's going to play the hot hand. Whoever he said is playing hard on defense or whoever has it going on offense is going to be the the guys who he looks to close the game with. So it's going to be tough to trust anybody on the Lakers this year in cash games outside of LeBron. Uh, Lonzo has fallen all the way down to 5,000. But last game with Rondo there, he only ended up playing 24 minutes even though he started. That's a little bit of a concern for me. Lonzo is still fine for GPPs. But still, it's it's going to be mostly LeBron as the guy I want exposure to from the Lakers. So that is going to wrap up the podcast for Wednesday slate. I'll be back for the pod for Thursday. If you guys are doing stuff for Halloween, have fun with that. Maybe you got kids you go trick or treating with, or maybe you are going to go dressed up as Kawhi Leonard's laugh and go trick or treating all by yourself. Have a good night, guys, and I'll be back for Thursday.